Holla, Chicago! Steven Spoon Ramsey welcoming everyone from Chicago and all surrounding areas to the best show in Chicago for high school sports, the H2S2 High School Holla Sports Show Coaches Chatter Edition. Being brought to you by our friends at David Solomon. They design unique t-shirts and merchandise with fun, thought-provoking messages. You can purchase these unique items on the Urban Fieldhouse Media website and via Facebook by searching the name David Solomon. We have joining us on the H2S2 show an old friend, but not old by age, but just he's a frequent visitor to the High School Holler Sports Show, the executive director of the IBCA, which is the Illinois Basketball Coaches Association and proud St. Lawrence Viking alum. We welcome back to the H2S2 show, Jim Tracy, also joining us from the Chicago Catholic League and also a very intricate part of the IBCA. We welcome the head boys basketball coach of the St. Ignatius Wolfpack, Matt Monroe, joins us on the High School Holler Sports Show. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us on the H2S2 show to talk about the effort to return to playing high school basketball. It's been great to be back with you. Uh, we really appreciate the opportunity. And uh, you got the old part right. I definitely got the old hips and knees to, to brag about. Yeah, thank you so much for having us, Spoon. We're glad to be here. Man, we're glad to have you. First, Jim, for our listeners and followers who may not be too familiar with the IBCA, the Illinois Basketball Coaches Association, let them know about the IBCA and its representation throughout the state of Illinois. Uh, the Illinois Basketball Coaches Association has been around since 1971, and our mission is to serve coaches and through them, the young people, obviously, that we all have the privilege of influencing on a daily basis. Uh, again, our membership is statewide, so we go from uh, you know, as far down state as you can go, which I think might be like Metropolis, Illinois, to as far north as Antioch, to as far west as the Quad Cities, and as far east as Danville. So, um, you know, we want to have and support as many coaches as we can across the state. And we are always looking to grow our membership and be of service to those individuals as best we can. Jim and Matt, there's been a lot of discussions going around we've had uh rallies even a lawsuit about the high school sports and the return to play guidelines one of you can share with us where does the ibca stand in regards to high school basketball returning to play this season you know what let me start that off spoon and then i'm going to defer to matt because matt has been our driving force behind a study we did with our coaches statewide we obviously hope, like everybody, that our kids and coaches are going to have a chance to play this upcoming winter. And one of the things we've tried to do to stay involved with that process and keep our member coaches informed is stay literally in close contact with the IHSA so that we had a real understanding of how they were trying to move things forward on their end. And through that became aware of uh, the need for them to be cooperating with the Illinois Department of Public Health and the governor's office. And so we've kind of be become aware of all of those things. 
in terms of this process. And then um, what we had hoped to do with a five-person committee uh, designed specifically to reach out in this area or to work within this area was set up a survey where we could gather some hard data to present ultimately through the IBCA or with the IBCA through uh, the IHSA and to the governor's office. So uh, let me pass you over to Matt here because Matt led this charge and we think what we have is truly an amazing uh, set of data that truly reinforces how well our coaches have done to date through the summer, through the fall. Yes, as coaches, um, we were really, really blessed to have the opportunity this fall to work with our kids. Uh, normally, we're allotted uh, 25 contact days uh, during the months of June and July for us to run summer camps and, and practices and to play in games. And usually in the fall, uh, it's just conditioning and open gym. And, and obviously, during that time, coaches are not allowed to do any skill-specific instruction. With the pandemic going on, the IHSA granted coaches throughout the state the opportunity to use 20 contact days to instruct our players and to hold practices and skill development sessions from about September 7th to October 31st. Now, through our discussions with the IHSA, uh, we wanted to try to provide some data to them and to eventually the Department of Health on how these contact days are going and how schools are adapting to the mitigations in place and whether or not those mitigations are working to help prevent the spread of COVID-19 within programs. So what we did is we sent out this survey at the end of September and we opened it for a couple of weeks and we ended up having 797 coaches, both boys and girls, respond to the survey, which is a very healthy number. Uh, about 60% of those surveyed were boys coaches and about 40% were, were girls coaches. And we asked them a number of different questions uh, surrounding how contact days in the summer and how contact days in the fall have gone. Uh, especially considering COVID-19 and the ongoing pandemic. So in the summer, uh, of all the coaches surveyed, about 51% of coaches utilized uh, their summer contact days. And of those programs that utilized their summer contact days, 93% of them reported not having any COVID cases in their program. About 7% reported having cases in their program, but of those cases, of those programs that reported cases, most of them had only one or two uh, total individuals in their program uh, come down with, with known uh, cases of COVID-19. Then we did the same for the fall. We wanted to see, you know, there was more programs utilizing contact days in the fall with people returning to school and, and the desire to prepare for the upcoming season. So of those programs surveyed, about 70% ended up saying that they, they were currently using fall contact days, and about 18% planned on using them, but hadn't done it yet, with a few uh, saying that they did not plan on using them at all. A big chunk of that survey included uh, CPS schools who were not permitted to use their, their contact days over the course of the summer, uh, and the fall, I should say. Now, of those programs in the fall that utilized their contact days, about 91% reported zero known COVID cases in their program with about 9% reporting known cases in their program. But um, of those 9% that reported cases, almost all of them were one to two cases total in their entire program, with two programs reporting three to five cases. And now- and Matt, Matt, could you explain that this, this could be up to 50 kids within a program? So truly the numbers are tiny 
when we talk about big picture. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things we had to kind of clarify with our data is, you know, uh, it was 9% of programs that reported having a case or two. It wasn't 9% of participants. So, for example, at, at St. Ignatius, we have about 60 kids right now at different points in time participating in our fall contact days. Some schools might have 20. Some schools might have 80, depending on the numbers. So the percent of total participants, players and coaches, to come down with COVID is, is very small, um, especially compared to maybe how uh, the, the positivity rates are going across the state. So we took this data and we also asked our coaches, you know, are you interested in starting the season on time? Is this something that you're comfortable with? And uh, 95% of coaches want the season to start on time and feel comfortable with the season starting on time. So we took this data and we looked at it through the lens of understanding that, number one, we're not medical health professionals. Uh, we're not experts on this data. We're just basketball coaches trying to advocate for coaches and players in our state. But looking at the data through that lens, uh, we're very encouraged that the mitigations in place have done a nice job of you know, trying to keep our, our players and coaches as safe as possible. And we are confident that you know, these mitigations and, and our coaches are willing to do whatever it takes to try to have a season, but, but doing so safely. So we took all this data and, and we put a presentation together and we shared it publicly. And we've also shared it with the IS, IHSA. And we're hoping that they're able to then share that with the Department of Health as well. Now, Matt, when we're talking about all this data, and some people might not know there are different levels that the IHSA and the Illinois Department of Health have uh, designated for certain sports, where does basketball fall on those levels? Yeah, so there's three different levels for sports. Um, most of the levels for sports in Illinois are similar to what the National Federation of High Schools had stated in terms of levels for sports. And basically what I mean by levels, so there's three categories and it's all based on risk. Uh, some sports are deemed low risk sports, some sports are deemed medium risk, and others are categorized as high risk sports. Basketball is uh, categorized by our state and by the NFHS as a medium risk sport. So in Illinois with the IDPH youth uh, sports guidelines, there are four different levels of play that you can reach according to your risk ca category. So currently, if you're a low-risk sport, you can participate in your sport and also compete against other schools. Basketball right now is not quite at that level. So the four levels that are applied to each sport based on risk level, level one, it's more skill development, one-on-one uh, -on -one training, uh, uh, strength and conditioning, no contact whatsoever in terms of you know, contact drills and scrimmaging and stuff like that. Level two, you can practice and you can do intra-squad scrimmaging within your own team, but you cannot play other schools. Level three gets you to a place where low-risk sports are right now, where you can participate in interscholastic competition, but there's a lot of limitations there, uh, limitations in terms of mitigations that need to be in place to keep people safe, who you can play. Uh, for example, you know, in Illinois, you can play uh, schools, if you're at level three, that are in your conference or non-conference uh, games against schools that are in your COVID region. And Illinois is split up into 11 different COVID regions, Chicago being one in and of itself, uh, Cook County being another region, and so on. And then level four is a little bit more kind of what we're used to, uh, a little bit more normalcy. So right now, like I said, low-risk sports are in level three, so they're able to, to participate. That's why you've seen cross-country and golf and and tennis play in the fall. 
basketball, like other sports like volleyball and, and um, soccer and, and sports like that who are deemed medium risk, we're currently at level two. So we've been having these contact days where schools can do skill work. Uh, they can do contact drills if they choose. They can scrimmage. But right now, if the season started today, that's where we would be. Uh, we have not been moved up to level three, which would permit us to play interscholastic competition. So it is our hope as an organization that if we can do so safely, that we could move from level two to level three in, in time for the start of the season. The IHSA has given us the calendar date of November 16th as when winter sports can begin tryouts and can start practicing uh, in the season. And November 30th right now is the date that they have on their calendar for interscholastic competition to begin. So it's our hope that we can move to level three uh, in time for that November 30th date. Now, Jim, have you been in contact with IHSA in terms of seeing where high school basketball in Illinois is progressing and hopefully getting to the point that Coach Monroe just mentioned? Yes, we, we have been in direct contact, both Matt, myself, Mike Bailey from St. Patrick High School, Paul Harris from Highland Park, and then Ron Weinmiller from Benton High School way down south have had Zoom meetings with uh, all the IHSA personnel involved with the basketball situation, Kirk Gibson with the boys' side, Beth Souser with the girls' side, and we have also been in contact with uh, Craig Anderson, the IHSA director, through all of this process. So we check in very regularly and they certainly let us know if there are updates going on that we need to be aware of as well. Now, what are some of the concerns that you guys got from the data from those few, very few coaches that uh, mentioned that they were either unsure or concerned? Yeah, um, most, so we had a, a couple of comment sections that were included for people to share their thoughts about you know, some of the successes that they've had in their contact days, some of the challenges, and then also a section for coaches to share with us just their general thoughts on, on returning to play. Uh, in regards to the concerns, you know, uh, one of the concerns that uh, a lot of coaches mentioned was, you know, the ability for players to compete in mass. That's obviously a, a possibility. That could be a, a real uh, situation that we find ourselves in. You know, in terms of the IBCA stance on that, we are again not doctors uh, so if health professionals tell us that you know this is a pathway to play safely and mask being worn is a part of it then certainly we'll do whatever it takes to to be able to play while keeping everybody safe but the wearing a mask certainly showed up uh, you know kids getting used to coming to practice and reporting their symptoms and going through the temperature checks and mm -hmm. sanitizing their hands and and uh sanitizing equipment in between uh, segments of practice, you know, just getting in those new routines that we haven't been in were some of the things that the coaches talked about. But the overriding uh, theme amongst most of their comments was we're making it work. We're doing whatever we can to, to keep each other safe because we care for one another and we're doing whatever we can to, to make basketball safe because it's important to us. It's a big part of our lives and it has a huge impact on, on kids and, and coaches and families all throughout the state. In terms of the coaches that said that um, maybe they were a little unsure about starting the season on time, the main thing uh, was they're just they, everyone wants to play. They just want to be able to do it safely. And so most of the comments that came from the 5% that said no to starting on time were basically centered on them saying, we'd love to play, we're ready to play, but we want to make sure that we play when it's safe. And so I think obviously, you know, everyone understands COVID is a real thing and 
and we just want to look out for each other and to make sure that that we keep each other safe as, as we possibly can. So I just wanted to put that out there because I wanted to be clear to our listeners and followers. These coaches aren't saying, no, they don't want to do it. They just no. want to do it in a safe manner. So yeah. I'm glad we touched on that. What's the next step? You guys have done a great job in gathering this data. What's the next step for you guys? I, I think, Spoon, we, we are right now waiting to hear what the Illinois Department of Pub Public Health and the lieutenant governor, who was in charge of this whole process and obviously works very closely with the governor, what they come up with in terms of their communications with the IHSA. Um, we believe that they very much want to see kids have a season, to see coaches be able to do uh, the coaching that they love to do so much. However, particularly with the up, uptick of, of uh, the spread of the virus very recently, you know, it, it kind of puts a damper on our hopes with that. But but ultimately, this is going to be something that is decided by the Illinois Department of Public Health. And I think we need to kind of work with that as best we can. Matt, would you take that a step further? Yeah. So um, in a recent um, press release, Craig Anderson uh, had mentioned how they had sent in uh, their guidelines for winter sports. Uh, they had guidelines for, for the fall sports in regards to you know, the mitigations that should be in place to, to try to help uh, prevent the spread and keep people safe. And they've done the same thing with winter sports. And so they're just waiting to hear back from them in terms of, you know, what the IDPH is comfortable with in terms of their health guidelines. Um, the hope is by the end of this week, beginning of next week, uh, the IHSA is hoping to hear something back from IDPH. They have a special meeting, a special board meeting, the IHSA does uh, schedule for next Wednesday, where they're hoping to vote on those guidelines. But again, we're in a fluid situation. I mean, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, the, the trend in terms of uh, the positivity rate, and the amount of COVID cases in our state was a lot different than it is now. So things are, are certainly changing and they could change again. And, and I guess, uh, you know, we're, we're waiting to hear word, but we also got to keep in mind that no matter what happens, uh, we all just got to be as flexible and, and as adaptable and as ready to change as possible because things do change quickly. Well, before I let you guys go, I want to give each of you an opportunity. What do you want to tell not only your players, but the coaches across the state, the parents, and the basketball community for the state of Illinois? What message would you like to send to those? Go ahead, Jim. Start with you. Well, first of all, I want to encourage everybody to hang in there. This is uh, We're in uncharted waters here. These are uncertain times that have uh, created all kinds of anxiety and angst about, you know, what's going to happen next. And, and I think we're better together hanging, hanging in there uh, and just hoping for the best. Uh, the thing that I'd like to highlight out of the study that uh, Matt wound up summarizing so beautifully is very simply this. Our coaches have shown that they can deal with the mitigations in place, they can follow the guidelines, and they can keep our young people safe as they've done through the summer and again through the fall. So our coaches have really stepped up with this, and we're really hoping that the governmental agencies that are going to finally make a decision on this can look at the data we presented to them and see how clearly our coaches care about our young people and how we want them to be able to participate as safely as possible, but still have that opportunity to have these seasons that so many kids hope and dream about on a yearly basis. Matt? 
Yeah. The only thing I would add to that is just, you know, thank you to everyone. Thank you to our parents, our families, our, our coaches, our student athletes, administrators. Uh, thank you for doing everything you, you can to, to keep each other safe and, and to make uh, at least many of us feel like there's some semblance of normalcy getting to do some of the activities that we love. And thank you to everyone in a leadership position. You know, during these times, being in a leadership position is, is really difficult and, and there's tough decisions that have to be made. And there's a ton of responsibility on the shoulders of those who are in charge. You know, I think at the end of the day, we just all need to be there for one another. We need to support one another. We need to, to care for one another. We need to make sure that we're there to protect one another by doing what is necessary to keep each other safe. And at the end of the day, when this pandemic is over, I think we'll all have a greater sense of appreciating all the amazing things that we care about because so much has been taken away and we've, we've had to sacrifice so much. And just being able to go back and do what we love with those we care about is a beautiful thing. And, and we're hoping to, to have those moments. And there's no doubt in my mind that we'll never take that for granted again. We're in this together and just keep uh, supporting one another no matter what. And Spoon, just let me say this in, in conclusion. You know, on behalf of the Illinois basketball coaches, we cannot thank you enough for giving us an opportunity to tell this story and, and, and hopefully put out there all the great things that our coaches have done in working with our young people through this pandemic. And, uh, you know, it, it means a great deal for us to be able to share that and hopefully put a positive light on our coaches and how outstanding they are and how special our young people are. And, you know, are just wanting them to have those hopes and dreams realized in this upcoming winter season. So thank you so much. No, it's our pleasure, Jim, and it's our pleasure, Coach Monroe. But before I let you go, Jim, we last talked, we were talking about the IBCA Museum. What's the update that you would want our listeners and followers to know about that and how they can further support your cause? We have, we have on our website, uh, ibcaillinois.org, a section designed or, or where you can click a drop down and go to the museum. Coach Monroe has actually uh, set up the museum website, and you can go right from there from our own website. At this point in time, we're in a period of transition. We had had an opportunity in Pontiac, Illinois, that did not materialize, unfortunately, as a result of a lack of funding. But as I had shared with you earlier, Spoon, as we look back on it now, it turned out to be a blessing in disguise, given the fact that with this pandemic, undoubtedly, if we had been fortunate to open, the museum would be closed right now. So our plan is to truly look, and please understand the stories that our game uh, the game of basketball in Illinois, there, there are so many, so many special stories, people and teams that, that need to have these stories told. Our, what we're looking at right now is the possibility of a virtual museum. We're still looking at brick and mortar options, but we're, we're thinking that a, a virtual museum might be a, a next best first step, especially in these continued uncertain times where it's difficult for people to get together and move around and, and do all the things that we're used to doing. So that's pretty much where we are right now. The, the dream has not died. We want to continue to move that forward. We, we have to tell these stories. The basketball in Illinois is second to none. And there's so many of those stories we really have to get out there. So we're working on it. And Matt, what's the website so they can go and following and support? Yeah, so you could access uh, information about the IBCA by going to ibcaillinois.org. 
Or you could go to our um, museum website, which is just simply basketballmuseumofillinois.com. Not only do we have uh, information about some of the ongoings with the museum, but there's a ton of stuff on, like Coach said, on our Hall of Famers, on the history of the game, and just celebrating all the amazing stories and all the incredible people that have shaped high school basketball in our great state over the years. So I'm yeah. encouraging everybody from the High School Hollis Sports Show Posse support this cause, man, because there are stories to tell, and we don't want the younger generation to forget about who laid the foundation in Illinois. Exactly, exactly. And the Twitter account for the Basketball Museum of Illinois, man. Yeah, Twitter account for Basketball Museum of Illinois is at B-Ball-I-L. Excuse me, at B-Ball Museum I-L. And you could also uh, follow our IBCA Twitter account, which is at IBCA Coaches. We always give our guests an opportunity to acknowledge those who have supported you in your roles in high school basketball and within the associations that you represent these coaches across the state. Some say, hello, we like to call them big hollers. Jim and Matt, who would you like to give a big holler out to who's helped you and supported you? You know what, Spoon, I, I would be remiss if I did not give a shout out to our <clears throat> Illinois Coaches uh, Board of Directors, the people that we work with, Matt and I, on a daily basis. These people are just so outstanding. And, you know, we stretch across the state. There's a network out there. Um, just some fantastic people. These are the kinds of people you want your sons and your daughters to be coached by, to be dealt with on a daily basis. They're out there trying to grow the game and take care of young people. And uh, it's a special group uh, that we're fortunate to work with. And they are the, the foundation on which this organization stands. So thanks to the IBCA Board of Directors. Matt? Yeah, I, I would second that. But I'd also say, in addition, you know, my amazing coaching staff at St. Ignatius, uh, supporting me, challenging me, uh, helping our kids grow and, and building our program and all the incredible mentors I've had in coaching. Yeah. One's right here with us, Coach Tracy, uh, Coach Mike Bailey at St. Pat's, Coach Leto at DePaul, and, and the late Coach Pappas, among many, many others. Um, you know, I think you're only as good as the people that you surround yourself with. And it's always important to, to have wonderful mentors in your life to help you grow and, and not just be the best coach you could be, but, but that help you become the best person you could be. And I got to thank you guys. This Catholic League gathering of Catholic League people. <laughs> there you go, Spoon. There you go. And we would like to thank you, our special guest, the Executive Director of the Illinois Basketball Coaches Association, Jim Tracy, and the Head Basketball Coach of the St. Ignatius Wolfpack, Matt Monroe, for joining us for our Coaches Chatter Edition here on the H2S2 High School Holler Sports Show. Gentlemen, we appreciate your time. And we look forward to talking to you guys once again about high school basketball. Thank you guys for joining us as always. Thank, Thank you, Spoon. We appreciate you. You can always listen to a post of today's show along with many of our other past shows and segments by visiting the Urban Fieldhouse Media website. That's urbanfieldhousemedia.com. Another great way to listen to the H2S2 show is by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes and Google Play, as well as following us on SoundCloud. You can find us on all of those under the name Urban Fieldhouse Media. Holler at us every Saturday. As always, know God loves you and we do too. Until next week, stay masked up and stay safe, Chicago. Holla!
High School Holla.